everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Bulletproof Practice. And today, it's Peter. We're reunited again, and it feels so good, Song says. But we've also got our friend Chandler from Live Oak Bank, and I'm a huge fan of Live Oak Bank for many reasons. So Chandler, good to have you here. I appreciate you having me on. So let's get right into it. Everybody's saying, like, banking, what's going on? Aren't rates going through the roof? Isn't this the worst time in the world to be talking about your banking needs? And uh, right before we hit record, you said something interesting. You said that your rates for dental are right back to where they were pre-pandemic. Can you unpack that for us? Because we thought rates are higher than they've ever been now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's not beyond us that within the media today, you're seeing rates rising at historical rates that we've seen before back to the 1970s. So what I was telling you guys right before we pushed record is that here at Live Oak Bank, our rates are getting back to where they were pre-pandemic. So think 2018, 2019. Rates right now for us are in the 5 to 6% range. And that's what they were pre-pandemic. So mm-hmm. um, still... Yeah, let, me just, let me just pause you right there, by the way. Yeah. people are There's a narrative. And you're, you're right. If you're listening to the mainstream media, you're like, rates are living at three quarters of a percent, blah, 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 blah. And you got to remember, like when you look at a 30-year rate chart, we're still really, really, really low. Mm-hmm. So Peter and I, we had podcasts back in September, literally a year ago, saying, you know, even though the administration was saying inflation is not really there and we're not in a recession and blah, 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 blah. We, we were beating on the drum of like, hey, check your rates, make sure you're, you know, for those that are in adjustable rates and things like that, or prime plus one or whatever you have, this is a time to shore up your rates. And um proud to say we were right about that. Um, Mm -hmm. Peter and I took action, you know, many of our masterminders took action, but for those that didn't, this, it's not too late. When you pull up that 30 year rate chart and see where rates are, yes, Mm -hmm. they've come up from their amazing lows, but they're nowhere near where they have been historically over uh, 30 years. So for those people who are just kind of kicking the can down the road, this might be your last ditch attempt. Uh, No one has a crystal ball, but if I were to be betting, I'd be betting that rates are going to go up in a year or two. Yeah, and and that's exactly right. And so what I tell my clients a lot is obviously we're back to pre-pandemic rates, but also rates are historically low. And this is a 20 to 30 year investment. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So when you extrapolate that over 20 to 30 years, you're you're investing for that. Right. And so whether you get one, you know, 100 basis points off or 150 basis points, that shouldn't make that big of a difference right now. They're historically low that revenue that you're going to be able to drive with this new practice or this new location, it's going to exceed what that rate you're going to be paying today. So it's historically low and it's still a good time to borrow. So we got introduced to Live Oak through a bunch of connections. I have a friend who works there. Peter, you have a friend who's, you know, high up in the executive team of Live Oak. And I just want to just tell, tell the listeners about what Live Oak is, your campus. I mean, I call it campus. I've never been there, but like, mm-hmm. I just want to hear that story again because it's so cool from a culture fit because we're used to, you know, having these huge banking relationships and you're just the number. I want to hear a little bit about Live Oak if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. So background story, Live Oak Bank started up in 2008 as a niche SBA lender. So small business administration, we're focused on government guaranteed lending. Um, so when we originally started, we only lent to veterinarians looking to do expansion projects by building, ground up construction. And then in 2010, we introduced our healthcare division. So our CEO still today, Chip Mahan, when he started this bank, what he decided was there's a three-legged stool, right? In business, right? You got your customers, you got your employees and you got your shareholders. 
Well, in publicly traded companies, right, usually the shareholder comes first, right? Because we're trying mm-hmm. to make profits, we're trying to give dividends out. Well, he flipped that around, right? And so what he said is, we are going to take care of our employees and do the most we can do for them. And in return, they're going to take care of our customers and treat every customer like the only customer, which will then transfer over to the shareholders. And so, like you said, Dr. Spodak, they invest in Live Oak Bank employees like no other. We got a beautiful gym down here, 100% healthcare benefits. We got a few restaurants. They are going to pour everything. Wait, wait, I thought, so I'm, <laughs> you're like, I just love this stuff because, you know, I'm the guy that, you know, had free lunch for every team member and yeah. went through all that. So, so where are y'all located? We're located in Wilmington, North Carolina, down here by the beach. So it's uh, one location, it's one large building. One location, we have four buildings on campus right now, about to build our fifth. Uh, and we have coming up on 900 employees. And so-, so It oh, sounds like Google Google of banking. So you got a gym, you got restaurants. Tell me about that. Like are the restaurants free <laughs> or reduced or what? They're, 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 they're heavily subsidized. Uh, but the whole thought process, like I said, is giving back to the employee mm-hmm. so that we can go in return give the best to our customers, right? So if we have an employee, if you're enjoying coming to work every day, you're going to give it your all, right? And that in return gives you a good culture, right? And a culture that you can grow and scale with because, hey, we're reaching 900 employees right now, soon to be 1,000, soon to be 2,000. But at the end of the day, we got to remember who is, uh, who's the most important. That's the customer. So being able to invest within your employees is going to give a great end result. That's a good point. You know, honestly, we talk about culture a lot, as you know, Chandler, you were at our yep. summit. And so you, you saw some of the content we talk about, stuff like that. And, and that is a rub, like, right, when you're below 10 employees, and you're the operator, it's like really pretty easy to maintain the culture, because you're almost involved in all those experiences. That's when you right. start getting into the 40, 50, 60 employees, 900, it, it becomes something that you better have a method to, right? There better be some Mm -hmm. systems in place that say, this is what we're going to do at these levels, because it gets harder and harder to maintain that control and harder and harder for, to manage, you know, employee satisfaction, which to your point transcends to the patient experience or the customer experience, right? So it's vital. It's not just, it's fun and it makes more business sense and all this stuff. It actually transcends to the experience of the patient or the customer. Therefore it has tremendous value. I know I'm stating the obvious, it's nice to hear that, right? Like why is the culture important? Because sometimes people almost put it in the bucket of like marketing, right? And it's Mm -hmm. really not. I mean, I guess it is kind of a grassroots kind of marketing in the ground level of your practice because people tell people about the experience they had full stop. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. No. Um, Don't you find it unusual though, Peter? Don't you find it unusual there's a bank that does that though? Because like for for really not really. I think I think all smart business agnostic of the industry is Mm -hmm. is having to pivot that way, especially with the work from home movement that happened during COVID. Getting people back into the office isn't the same way. There can't. There's not this metaphorical gun to the head. You better come back to work. So you have to create an environment that is superior to the, to the experience at home. Otherwise people are going to fight you tooth and nail. So and way, I think I that think was a silver lining for COVID is that it made everyone up their games. Um, a little and it bit. was, I think the, the big push for the great resignation. It wasn't just about pay. It was about like looking yeah. holistically at your life work, at your, your work, at your life at work rather, and really examining it, you know, maybe, maybe not going back to that same job because it didn't have meaning. It just had money or didn't have the gym or the restaurant or whatever else we, uh, th- that you're offering. 
Yeah. We'll pivot. I know Chandler, I know you didn't want to come on here and be our culture ambassador. <laughs> um, but I do, but, I, and I want to use your knowledge to get back to, to not dollars and cents. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think to Greg's point, there's a little bit of fear in the streets, especially because we as dentists, um, well, we as humans see, see headlines that say, mm-hmm. Oh man, another 75 basis points, another, this, another, this, Right. And, and in that short amount of time where the Fed is desperately trying to reel in this massive inflation and, and, and look, they, look, it's going in the right direction right now. Mm-hmm. Right. But when they're massively trying to reel it in, they have, they only have one other lever to pull. That's the aggression of pulling in basis points, raise the interest mm-hmm. rates to slow down, mm-hmm. to cool down the environment. But to Craig's point, historically, it's still crazy low, right? Like I actually grew up in the time period of, of, uh, of Nixon and Reagan in those times. Right. I mean, granted I was a baby, but shit, we had 20, 20% interest rates you yep. know, at, at certain points. I mean, it peaked at 20% interest rates and, and people were still, good businesses were still able to borrow money and grow. So dentistry done right still beats that from a yield perspective, meaning that if I'm going to borrow $100 worth of capital, I should be able to have a yield greater than 20%, even if we were at 20% margins. Right? Mm-hmm. Not to mention the tax advantages of, of taking money, the expansion, things like that. So my, my point is, and I'm going to land this plane here, so, so bear with me. And I think you actually even mentioned it. When we were at three, does it make that much more sense when you're at five to expand? Is the delta on that money that much of a, of a catastrophic difference? The answer is no. Because mm-hmm. if your foot is on the gas, your foot is on the gas. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? I, I would agree with you wholeheartedly, yeah. right? Like that delta, can you produce that much more? Two percent right. more. Two percent is almost a rounding error sometimes in, in like your PL of like me, not really, but like meaning the yeah. margins of dentistry done right has enough buffer where that becomes irrelevant. Now, if you're in the restaurant business or if you're in yeah, you know, 8% the, top the GPC con- market or you know, direct you know, consumer product CPC CPG market, like you don't mm-hmm. have that kind of you know, consumer well, product goods, you don't have that kind of stuff. Real estate where your cap rate's built into the real estate where your cap trade. rates, right? It's a direct yeah. analog. Cap rate yep. in, cap rate out, so to speak. Yeah, but also lower margin businesses. Consider, yeah. One thing to consider too. I just want to well, share it's the arbitrage thing. game, like Craig's saying, right? You have to almost they're saying, look, I can borrow money at five and I can yield seven in this in this cap rate. Therefore, like the my VIG is two percent. But like yep. that makes a big difference because of the profitability of your investment, right? Risk versus reward. Exactly Look at right. this chart, though. For those that are just uh, listening, you see a, a mortgage chart from 1971 through 2021, through June of 2021, and you see the median average, you know, the median Six. rate and how far it's been away. And we're still below it. I mean, maybe so not in 30 in 40 years. The average, if you, the median rate is 6%, you're saying, Craig. Right, right. So we're still below the 40 year moving average. <clears throat> Right. And by the way, just for those that are, don't understand this, when you borrow at 6%, your interest on your loan is deductible against your taxes. So if your tax rate is 35 or 40%, you're actually paying 6% minus 35 or 40%. That's and your unlike your personal borrowing home, capital. And unlike your personal home, there is no cap on business interest. Right. 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 You know, yep. in home home interest percent caps out at I think they you know let's call it roughly a million dollars mortgage. After that, mm-hmm. it phases out and you get no benefit. Um, yep. But in business, expenses are expenses, and interest is an expense. 
So yes, Craig, I would totally agree with you. Not that you want to run that way, right? You always want to strive to lower expenses and and increase top line. (laughs) But but to Chandler's point, if it allows you to to increase your business, then it's a no brainer. Right. In a tax abated environment, 100%. Right. Right. And then let's, let's do a pivot too, because I know a true cost. Hold on. Let's stop there for a second. Cause that, <laughs> I think we didn't impact that your true cost of capital is not as it's not 6% is what you're saying, Greg, Craig. Right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. If you're at a 35% tax bracket, it would be 0.65% of, of, of 6%, which is 3.9%. Well, that's true cost of capital. I don't know if that's the true math on that, but, but we're, Chandler, how does that look? These are two dentists talking financial. Crap. That's what I was going to say. Well, I, I feel like I got to go to the CPA. Well, you're the guest <laughs> listener all of a sudden, Chandler. So I would say refer to your CPA or have a conversation with your CPA. Okay, good, disclaimer, that good, disclaimer. good disclaimer. That's how I look at it, though. Yeah, I mean, no. If, if it allows you, if borrowing and, and expanding and buying a building or expanding your facility allows you to make more money, duh. Like that's a yeah. no brainer. Well, this is the I do want to talk about running your own business. Right. Yep. These are the advantages that being a W two employee potentially doesn't uh, uh, doesn't give you. When you can borrow money and shield it inside of your your ecosystem as an expense, that's pretty cool, yep. right? And these are the advantages that the government is saying for. Hey, here's your reward for building and risking and hiring and employing people on our planet, like or in mm-hmm. our country. Yeah. Um, so anyway, it's true. It's not a it's not stating a the obvious loophole too. Yeah, but it's important because people think the tax code, the tax code is basically, you know, 1% what to pay and 99% what are government incentives, which most people call loopholes, mm-hmm. government incentives such that we don't actually want you to pay us. We want you to create opportunities, build things, hire people, buy stuff. And that's what I think a lot of people don't understand. At first, you want to, you just, you think about your salary and what you're making. And I think this is the reason why many dentists reach the age of retirement and don't have the ability to retire is because they look at their wages and they don't really look at their assets. And borrowing money is, is a very interesting thing. It's, it, it, for me, it's, it's amazing that you don't have to pay tax. If I wrote either one of you a check, there's, ta- there's a tax implication. If a bank gives me money, it's tax favorable and there's no taxation on mm-hmm. that money being used. So it's, 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 it, it boggles my mind why mo- more people don't do it. And I think it's just because the financial literacy in our country is so unbelievable that debt is just all bad. People yeah. conflate business debt and debt on assets with credit card debt and getting in the hole because, you know, it's just pounded into our head that debt is bad. I do want to make a, a turn though, Chandler, because I am mm-hmm. the recipient of a government subsidy. Uh, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe many people didn't know that. So when I set off to build my building, it was a very large multi-million dollar project. And traditional banks would have required 20 or 30% down. And I physically could not do that. That would have been over, you know, maybe $2 million. So I went and got an SBA loan. It was a 701 loan. Am I saying that correct? 701? It would be 7A, 7A loan. 7A, sorry. And 504. Okay. Tell the listener what these amazing, valuable tools are and why they're compelling for a person that wants to start an owner-occupied building. I'd love listeners to hear about these programs. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe I'll start back with kind of square one to educate. So the way that I explain this is almost like two schools of thought, right? You have conventional lending and you have government guaranteed lending, right? And so there's a lot of bankers in the space that do conventional lending really, really well, right? Startup financing, acquisition financing. There's a space for that. 
But when you start to get into large ground up construction projects, owner occupied building purchases and remodels, government guaranteed lending starts to make a lot of sense. 504 7A. Um, so just like you stated, right? So people or clients out there are kind of like, hey, is there the ability for me to get into ownership without having to put 25 or 30% down? Right? I got a mortgage. I got student loans. I have kids, right? There's no way that somebody's going to be able to go provide me financing for two or three million bucks, four million bucks to build my dream facility. So it's an educational thing, right? Where there is an option out there, right? And it's through the SBA, it's through the government government loan program. So here at Live Oak Bank, that's what we are specializing in. Um, there's other lenders that do it across the country. But what that affords the doctor that is looking to expand to go from four ops to five ups in a leasehold facility, instead of going and continuing to pay a landlord, why don't we go and finance an owner-occupied building and get them real estate ownership? Tax advantages, you're creating wealth. Um, and you're doing it safely and affordably to be able to grow your revenues. Kind of back to the point of what we were speaking about before. Any time that you can take on debt, you know, at a reasonable level, reasonable rate, that's going to help you grow revenues and make more money. That's good debt. That's good debt. So these are the programs out there um, in the government guaranteed world. The 7A allows for 100% financing for uh building purchases, ground up construction, and a multitude of things. But that's where I think they are best fit, along with the 504. Um, that's helping with owner-occupied commercial real estate. Yeah, there's just no way I would have been, ever been able to have done what I did without that program. I just know it. There's absolutely no chance. And I don't know about other countries, but when I talk to friends of mine that are in you know, Brazil or in, in Europe, the fact that there are abilities to lever capital and never mind government backed programs, that mm -hmm. is like the core of what's great about America. Because mm -hmm. you can take someone and allow them to bootstrap it like that, but yep. no one would have taken a chance. I mean, no bank would have had that exposure. Peter, have you ever done anything like that? No, you've never done an SBA, right? No. Never done that, no. I, and, and it's not a fit for everyone, right? I mean, there's multiple financing options out there, but less money down, larger projects um, is usually a better fit. The government, guarantee, the government guarantee obviously provides the bank flexibility to go out there and lend on different types of terms. They're going to be a little bit more flexible. So, you know, we're hopefully providing the American dream every single day here at Live Oak Bank mm -hmm. and the healthcare division and as the bank as a whole. Right. I mean, we're we're creeping up on $9 billion in assets and doing $4 billion of originations a year to small businesses all across the country, 28 to 30 million small businesses, which are the backbone of the economy. Yeah. So this access yeah, to capital and education is important. Statistically speaking, I mean, there's an overwhelming percentage of people that are just employed by small businesses. Mm -hmm. I think the majority of people are employed by small businesses. So, I mean, it, it makes sense that the government has a program like this. It's, and I, I hear a lot of chatter like, oh, you don't want to do that. There's high fees. You know, there's additional fees associated with the closing costs and stuff like that. I'm like, what other choice do you have? Like for me, it's like mm -hmm. higher fee or not pursue my dream. Um, but that's exactly right. So that's awesome. That is so, awesome. One of the things um, that I think is also a big thing that I want to talk to the listeners about as well is that dentists, we're really loyal people. We appreciate people being loyal with us. We don't appreciate when people negotiate with us. So if you say, hey, Mr. Jones, you need two crowns in the filling. How about one crown and 
two fillings and why don't we do it for half and I'll pay up front. Like it just rubs us wrong because we're, we're medical professionals and we really value long-term relationships. And I think it can come to our detriment as well because we may have that banking relationship and the banker, you know, may have been your banker for 10 or 15 years. They slide that 9% interest rate across the table. And I've stopped probably about a dozen people from saying, hey, I know this guy's a great guy. Can I just make an introduction to you just to a friend and then save massive amounts of money? I think real estate people, a lot of more seasoned business professionals are really savvy to understand the implications of a rate and to shop. I think dentists, unfortunately, don't shop rates. I've had it so many times. One of our masterminders, Peter, just reached out. I, I, I forwarded the email to you. I was telling him that to shop the rate back in September. He's doing it now. But still, it's like you, 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 we have an internal barrier to wanting to not be loyal and respect relationships. And this is business. You owe it to your team and your practice and your profession. I mean, your, your professional life to, to make sure you're getting the fair treatment. Have you seen that, Peter? Like with your friends and stuff? Not really. Oh, my God. I have so many people like that. They go to the big banks and that specialize. And they get crushed on rates. Crushed. It's probably your, your friends are more sophisticated. Yeah. <laughs> Well, <laughs> look, I mean, as you, as you know, I mean, the more developed you get in business, the better those relationships get, the better those, you know, like there's preferential deals and, you know, so yes, you're, you are right. Yeah, you're, exa- you're a good example of that. Peter portfolioed all the stuff and started getting really favorable treatment. Mm-hmm. Well, because I have a lot to cross collateralize, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it makes me a safe, quote unquote, safe. So, I mean. Yeah, but get, getting in the game early is the key. You know, mm-hmm. so you, you have to get in, you have to own some assets. Those assets have to get paid down. And that's when you like, the sooner you can get in the game, the better it is. Like you and I have had better treatment over the last three years because of our history, you know, mm-hmm. getting in, mm-hmm. even if that's your first home or any asset purchase. So Chandler, do you guys do any personal lending as well? Like We do not. Things? We okay. do not do any type of personal lending. We're just doing small business focused um, you know, anywhere from $350,000 up to about seven and a half million on our SBA side. And we have some other divisions, USDA, which is another government guaranteed loan lending program. And then we've kind of gone up market in the conventional world, but that's, we would consider lower middle market companies with 2 million to 5 million in EBITDA. So those are going to be some larger credit facilities on that side, but no personal. Are you guys do- are you guys doing exclusively um, medical still or are you mostly dental or still mostly that? So our healthcare division, which was started up in 2010, I would say 90% of it is to dentists all across the country uh, looking to wow. do. Wow, we took yep. out the vets. <laughs> and we were actually the veterinary market. that's right well the vet's still here well the vet's still here uh the veterinary business is thriving and alive um they're doing really really well um just a ton of competition in that space smaller market right i mean i think there's probably two hundred thousand dollars two hundred thousand independent dentists out there obviously there's consolidation going on in that market as well but on the vet side i think it maybe is half of that um, veterinarians out there. So not as big, big as a total addressable market uh, for lending. And I think more consolidation too. And right. more consolidation from the Mars of the world, right? To, to roll them up yeah. private equity as in that space. It's also in the dental space as well. Um, but that is uh, one of the, that, that was our founding vertical. They're doing really, really, really well. Um, second to us probably uh, for a number of loans and largest portfolio size on book here at Live Oak Bank. Cool. So how? Well, can you tell uh, us? Yeah, go, go ahead, ahead, Peter. 
No, no, I was going well. to get people in touch with uh, Live Oaks. I think it's a great relationship to kind of use, especially when you have specialized industry knowledge, right? Meaning about dentistry or stuff like that. So, it's, yeah. I yeah, I have a question, people. Chandler. Do you yeah. do do you do like pro formas, like dental pro formas? Are you do you dive deep into the business aspects of what can be expected? Do you do you do that stuff, or is it not that deep for what you guys do? Yeah. So on the startup side, right, when we're looking to finance startups, which is not our bread and butter specialty. Again, there's larger banks out there that do that day in and day out. You fit within a certain credit box, you're going to get really, really favorable terms for a startup. Um, If we do do a startup, yes, we're going to look at performer and projections um, intimately, right? Because that's super important. Uh, When you're doing an expansion project, which we focus on mostly kind of like what you did, Dr. Spodak, hey, I'm going to buy a building and I want to grow. We're going to look at projections. Um, And an interesting fact is that since our healthcare division has been around since 2010, um, we've helped over 2,000 clients and done over 2.4 billion to the industry. just dentistry? On, just dentistry. Just oh, dentistry. Wow. Yep. Our average client on book sees 20 to 25% growth in the first year. After top relocating to that new top line growth after relocating to that new facility. And that's just average. And I'm sure their project I'm sure their projections were in more anemic than that. That's right. I'm sure no. Right. That's awesome. That's right. So I think that's a cool, interesting fact um, about Live Oak Bank and just about our clients. And, and, you know, why we specialize in commercial real estate and ground up construction. Um, that's a pretty cool, pretty cool fact for doctors looking to continue to expand and grow. And right now, where we get back to, it's still a good time to borrow money. Yeah, yeah it really is. <laughs> I think it's so important to think about that. that. I think that's full time. circle, kind of where we started. Yeah, full right? circle. It, ends, it starts <laughs> on that thesis and ends on that thesis. That's right. That's exactly right. Um, yeah. And, and listen, as Peter loves to say, history will prove one of us right. But <laughs> borrowing now, you, you, everybody's looking in the rearview mirror and saying, I, I could have got that 3.54%. I think you'll be saying, gee, like, um, I, I could have gotten that 6% or 6.5%. Well, look, you have the data, though, meaning, you know, yeah. you pulled up that chart that says, like, look, it's still yep. below the 40-year moving average. So, like, you are still in the right, right? You're still, still below the right. average. So anyway, Chandler, <laughs> thanks for spending what, yeah. time with us today. How would someone get in touch with you personally if they wanted some like bulletproof treatment? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so we'll, you got to treat all our people VIP. Hey, absolutely. I understand that. Treat every customer like the only customer. So I would love to provide my contact information. So um, my phone number and my email address and um, if we want to share it to your, uh, to the, yeah, we can uh, put it in the show notes, I guess. Bulletproof yeah. groups, the mastermind. Yeah, we'll um, do that. I think that would probably be the best way just so you're getting that type of treatment, right? I'm not clicking on a landing page and then somebody's going somewhere and it's going to take a few days. Getting lost in a funnel. Getting (laughs) lost in a funnel. So um, having my phone number, my cell phone and my email address, I think is going to be the best way. Cool. We'll get, we'll get your Chandler, Chandler at Live Oak Bank, correct? Yep. So it's going to be Chandler, right? Chandler dot right and Barry at Live Oak dot bank. We'll make sure to share that with you all. There's more than one channel. Awesome. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, 900, yeah. I, I just thought about that. There, there's a lot of Chandler right and berries, too. <laughs> yes. Really? I don't think it's a common name. <laughs> yeah. All right, pal. Well, well I appreciate your time. Today. I appreciate yeah, your appreciate time. Thank you so much. 
And we appreciate you being at the summit, man. It was great. Yeah. You were there answering tons of questions. And, um, you were immersed in the entire event. Brought good energy. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. It was good. You, uh, thank you for that. You're right. It was, right. A, it was a wonderful show. Um, looking forward to it next year. You guys put really, really good content together, kind of like we spoke about earlier. There's so much information out there. Where do you go? Where do you start? Where do you begin? You guys did a really, really good job over two days of, of bringing people back down to earth and educating them on what's important. So I appreciate the invitation um, and hopefully we'll be there again next year. Yeah, man. That'd be great. Yeah, All right. Thank cool. you. Thanks, Thanks everyone. Thanks, All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay.